Three, two, one. Uh oh, stinky poop. <laughs> poopies, funny poopies. So that's a new meme, somehow. You, you, <laughs> have you guys not noticed that at all? I've only heard just the uh oh stinky <laughs> thing, like in the song format. Not oh, like that. Oh yeah, heard you, you heard the remix. Okay. Yeah, the yeah. remix. <laughs> yeah, that's a meme somehow, and it's uh, very popular right now. Just make silly noises and say funny words, and it'll be memed somewhere. Yeah. Uh, this is Sardonicast. I'm Adam from Your Movie Sucks. I'm Ralph from YouTube.com slash Ralph the Movie Maker. You said it. And I'm Alex from IHE. I was going to grill you on why you stopped saying your whole URL in your intro. Oh, yeah. I just, I wasn't even thinking about it. You have to remind yourself not I guess I won't say it this time. Okay. Yeah, it's just like whatever I feel like, but I'll say it then. Yeah, I saw some fresh. people like are angry about it, <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I guess I'll say it. They were angry about people it. People get used to it. it you know? yeah. down. They're like, who is this guest you have on, Ralph the Movie Maker? Yeah. <laughs> Where's YouTube.com slash Ralph the Movie Maker? Exactly. Whatever. So you guys both uh, both made some videos um, <laughs> on the new Nostalgia Critic review. Yeah. It's not even new anymore, is it? He's already put out a few more since. That's the uh-huh. thing. Yeah, the guy it's works already fast. old news. Yeah. It's not, it's not the new one anymore. He makes mm-hmm. one a week, which is insane. Yeah. It is insane. Clearly the wall was like supposed to be his magnum opus. It was clearly something he spent a lot more time on than the average. He didn't spend a week on that one. He spent like at least a month. Yeah. I mean, the quality shows. Seems like nobody likes it. Well, I mean, there's some people that like it, but it's certainly... Well, I think they uh, like it ironically. They like the formula that he does it like very cheap production value. hmm. But I don't know. It's like it was actually trying to say something and like piggyback off of... Yeah. He was trying to have some, like, commentary yeah, about It was like a cop-out way of doing it. Like, he yeah. didn't decide what slant he wanted it to be. Did he want it to be a parody? Did he want it to be a, a review? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was very confused. I don't know. A lot of people are treating this as, as though this is some sort of, like, exception. But from what I understand, Doug Walker has always wanted to do just skit videos. Like, that's why he... I don't know if you're aware of this. At one point, he stopped making Nostalgia Critic reviews yeah. and yeah, created sort of something retired, called demo reel and then it wasn't successful at all and so he had to go back to making nostalgia critic reviews so he spent like i don't know maybe i should have fact checked this i heard he spent like two hundred thousand dollars on a studio like saved up a bunch of money and then tried to do demo reel stuff and they were like very bizarre hour-long kind of like sketch comedy things yeah it wasn't successful really well i mean i really enjoyed the supervillain shuffle but... Oh, you did? <laughs> Ironically. You, <laughs> you should just look up the supervillain shuffle. It's really funny. Okay. It's really, okay. really funny. I will. I'm very curious. I I never watched any of that. So it's like a oh. whole chapter. Is that after all of his like original movies that he started making? Oh, the five second? No, he did like, that oh, during yeah. the and... No, he's always... Yeah, the Boldly Flee or whatever it was called. I don't know. Yeah, to Boldly mm-hmm. Flee. There's he a bu- announced there's a like bunch the of end of Nostalgia Critic with one of them. Was it to Boldly Flee? I have no idea. I have no idea. I've never been able to get through all four hours of it, so I couldn't tell oh, you. I've oh, I've seen yeah, all of them one. all the way through. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. No shit. You deserve an How? award. Yeah. I don't remember. Like, it was a while ago, but I remember, like, the guy from Fantastic Planet was in it, and then he dies at the end, and they have, like, a funeral for him. What? It was very bizarre. Fantastic yeah. Planet? 
Um, um, uh, what's that show? <laughs> it's like a cartoon. Oh, with, uh, um, it's like an eco-friendly oh, guy uh, fuck, saving the planet. Captain Planet. Be Captain green. Planet. Yeah, Captain Planet. Yeah, that's oh, it. Okay. Okay. Not, fantastic not Planet plan. Sauvage. This, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would have been very bizarre. <laughs> strange art film. Yeah, I would have liked that better. But yeah, I, I don't like. I don't know. I, I see. I see his the wall review, and I'm not. I'm not really taken aback by it. It just feels like something he would make. You know. No, but it's like. If the intention was to make something hard to watch, then I think he succeeded. But I don't really know the intention of it. It was just like, why would you make people sit through this? It's very long and not well made and not funny. And I don't know his opinion by the end of it. (laughs) He very clearly wants to be creating these kind of like skit movie sort of things, right? He's not as Uh interested in the actual review. And I remember, I think both of you were kind of wondering like, why the songs themselves and the entire content of it is so critical of the film and then he calls it like a love letter and at the end he's like yeah Yeah. i do like it and stuff like that my theory is that he wanted to create something that was essentially just copy paste parody like i wanted to parody this whole thing but in order for it to have more of an argument towards it being fair use it needs to be critical so he he started creating criticisms that he didn't necessarily have so that he could upload the entire album to Spotify and say, hey, it's a parody. It's not going for the same mm. thing as the original. It's a, it's fundamentally a criticism. That's my theory, is that he, yeah. he made it critical even though he didn't really have much criticism to offer just so he could mm-hmm. be more fair use about it. Such yeah. a strange way to approach it, though. Just just having to jump over these hurdles that he's created when it's like, you're the only one who wants to do this, and I guess that's what's important at the end of the day, but <laughs> like it's just it's just an embarrassing result of like just not listening for so many years, and then you just get something like that. Well, yeah. I mean, who was that for, though? I think it was for him, so. Well, yeah. I mean, in which case, I could, if he's happy I with it. you can't say much to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope he is. <laughs> Yeah. I hope he's happy with it. Yeah, I don't hate the guy. It's uh No, <laughs> no of course not. He's just uh, a very interesting character. And he was less interesting when the entire internet and all of YouTube was like that at one point in time. You know, everything was really yeah. kind of like low quality, enjoy it ironically sort of thing. But now there's so much more competition. We've got like big brands on YouTube. If you want to compete mm-hmm. And offer content in a way that's unironic, you should probably up your production value. Yeah, it's like he hasn't grown at all. That's the biggest crime to me. That's yeah. the, the, the just thing. the lack of change there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we're watching the same guy from 10 years ago, and it's not like it's so dated. Oh, yeah. What really gets me about it is that he made this gigantic leap and said, I bought a studio i saved up a lot of money i'm doing skit videos now and they're not just reviews and these are like actual produced films cameras still shit no lighting yeah <laughs> like audio still shit the audio's I'm like, terrible. You, yeah. how, how many people do you employ and why are none of them responsible for something like lighting why are none of them responsible for mm-hmm. like the basics of what you should have on your checklist of things to to have some sort of production value to what you're creating that's what kind of bugs me. Yeah. From what I understand, he's got a lot of people in his crew. 
but it seems yeah. like they're all just offering cameo appearances. But he's trying to actually make a like a real freak. album that gets emotions out of you, but without any of the artistry that goes into actually creating something like that. Mm. Like the beauty of the wall is like the actual movie and the craft of it and the craft of the music and how personal it is to him. Mm. And then it's like it he just redoes it in a month and he expects to get that same kind of praise out of it. It's I have weird. no idea. <laughs> That's how I got it's like it's a quite weird full ego of itself. Project. It's really strange. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag. So so strange. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> What are you doing? What is the point of this? He had no shirt on at one point. Nice. So weird. <laughs> well, at least we got some funny so videos rough. out of it from both of you and Anthony Fantano, surprisingly. I was very excited to <laughs> see his so. uh, his not good review of the album. Yeah. <laughs> that came out of nowhere. <laughs> I was so hyped. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. It got taken off Spotify, right? Oh, really? I, I don't know if there's any official answer for that because my assumption would be that Spotify took it down because they did not consider it to be fair use. Or yeah. maybe they took it down just out of a copyright complaint or something, and they didn't really investigate it. Because who knows? I don't know exactly what their rules are for parody songs. Because even Weird Al Yankovic, he doesn't just go by fair use. He actually licenses the, licenses the songs. So yeah. they actually make royalty off of the parodies that he creates so i don't know exactly what their their policy is for for that it really depends on the platform. do we know what doug walker did did he actually get licenses i really for, doubt uh, it the wall i doubt it so 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 there's no hard. way there's absolutely i don't no think way. he ever has i'd be, I'd be stunned yeah i'd be, they very, would be very expensive yeah exactly Roger Waters just wouldn't let him. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, to get permission for that project. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure he would like that. Yeah, just wanted to mention it. I guess some people were curious as to my opinions because I didn't make a video, and I never will on the subject. <laughs> it's really yeah, it's not, not worth my it. time. I'm not going to delve no, into at it. This point. I'm not going to analyze it. It's not. It's not worth it. Uh, we we all saw a movie though that we can talk about. That uh, was much better. We saw Dad. Better. Dad Astra, or Star Ari Dad. Astra. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I kept thinking is Ari Aster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What'd you guys think? Um, I thought Ari Aster was pretty good. Mm. Yeah, I thought it was good. Not in love with it or anything. It was mm -hmm. just solid. It was like a better World War Z. It was a Brad Pitt vehicle that was mm -hmm. just trying to be like Interstellar, kind of. But it was really good. It had like a good story and acting, but I didn't think it was all that original. Mm. Did, yeah, did it you felt guys very kinda, familiar. Yeah, very In ways, familiar for sure. and very just kind of, yeah, like, oh, it was okay on a story level. I do feel as though it had a few kind of unique takes. Um, and perhaps yeah. maybe I'm just not as familiar with what it was inspired by if that was the case, but I really liked its view of the future and like consumerism and just like, mm -hmm. you know, how the, the moon is turned into this, this like uh, corporate culture land where there's ads everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking like, wow, Brad Pitt loves to put product placements in his movies, but this is one time where I'm actually not upset about it, especially comparing it mm -hmm. to World War Z where it like turns into a Pepsi commercial yeah. for a minute. 
In this case, it's, this it's a bit like more, like, more critical. Commentary. Yeah. The sci-fi world building in general, I just thought was really subtle and mm-hmm. really enhanced the kind of sci-fi nature of it because it's, it's so easy when you set your film in the future to just go crazy with it, flying cars everywhere and all this otherworldly technology. But it does feel recent enough that, like, yeah, that kind of technology could exist. Which And mm-hmm. it kind of led into, inadvertently, one of my least favorite things about the movie, which is more sort of a... A, a strange lack of subtlety in the sense that I really couldn't get on with the constant narration in the movie. It kept pulling me out. Yeah. It was over-explanatory. Yeah, I, I thought it, there was no subtlety to it. And every time I wanted to sit back and sort of exist in the world, there was just some really generic line from Brad Pitt just saying something that like was so obvious to anyone if you'd just been watching or paying attention. It was just mm-hmm. totally unnecessary It reminded to me. It reminded me, me of Harrison original Ford. Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's exactly yeah. what I kept thinking yeah, of. Yeah, it did remind me of that too. I feel like I got some things out of the the narration, though. I feel like I got a bit more depth to his uh, struggling internal conflict with the relationship with his dad and and all that. I feel like that was was helped by the narration, but you're right that there's probably too much of it and not all of it is purposeful. Mm -hmm. I did like that it was consistent because a lot of movies just have it at the beginning and end. I did find it strange, though, how... They literally had like a plot device, like a science fiction plot device, which forced the character to basically monologue, you know, towards the audience in in the form of that thing he is sort of attached to his neck and have the kind of Blade Runner-esque um, like mental checks. So mm-hmm. I, I would have thought it would be more interesting if they used that kind of plot device to kind of expel the way he was feeling and thinking as opposed to just overtly saying it all the time. Mm-hmm. It would have been, it would have like helped you you know, invest yourself in the world a bit more and not be pulled out every few seconds from him just saying some silly thing. Yeah. Um, should we do spoiler warning? Because there are a couple spoilery things that... Yeah, I, I think we should. We should. Spoiler warning, yeah, everybody, for Dad Astra. I also went into it not knowing anything, and I think that Good. helps a lot. Yeah, yeah like, same. With the story I knew absolutely and... nothing. The trailer was yeah. kind of shit. I watched that after the fact. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it tries to market itself as something bland. a little different. They yeah. they throw in a lot of like the uh, moon chase scene sort of thing when it's like mm-hmm. that's not really what the movie's about. It's yeah. it's like more of a character study than anything. Mm-hmm. Although I really did like that moon um, like set piece. I did escaping. too. The car chase a bit of action, pretty... a bit of tension in there because it's yeah. quite a slow movie. So when something like that happened, and especially the execution of it, it was quite. I didn't like how they had to pointlessly describe who these people even were. Like, oh, they're pirates, run away, kind of thing. Again, I would have liked a bit more subtlety, but that was an exciting sequence. I thought that kind of broke up the more mm-hmm. exposition-heavy scenes. Yeah. yeah, there were like action sequences placed to help with the pacing, and some of them were good, like that. But then there was like the monkey. <laughs> yeah, that was a little weird. That was, <laughs> that was an odd, like, just I didn't even think that needed to be in the movie, really. And then one character very died in that scene that I didn't really care about. Yeah. So as soon as that happened, I had, I had this overwhelming feeling of what? It just mm-hmm. kind of showed up out of nowhere. What were they doing there? They were like, where? They were just replying to a a. Uh... You know, a distress signal. That was the mm-hmm. only reason they did that, right? Mm-hmm. Did it have any greater meaning or importance to the the no. themes of the movie? Well, thematically, it's like you think there's some. It's it's presented like alien almost when he goes in the yeah. ship. Like what the yeah, hell is sure this thing? But it's just there. a monkey, and that's kind of the whole movie. Is humans are the cause of all this 
kind of horror, horrific pain and suffering that everyone's going through. It's the cause of the, like, uh, Tommy Lee Jones on Neptune is causing the sonic boom or whatever the fuck. Mm, which is that, strange. That, uh, wiped out the electricity. Yeah, it's just all this man-made conflict. The man-made conflict on the moon, uh, like, uh, all the consumerism and how capitalism kind of destroyed that society. It's like the whole point of the movie. It's not about aliens or any of that other shit. And I mm-hmm. like that. And I like that Brad Pitt's character was just a guy just going through this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was just like an everyday guy. There was nothing special about him. Well, I mean, um, what do you I I would disagree with the nothing special about him cuz they really built him up as like this kind of like, "Oh, yeah, your dad was this crazy guy and so everybody treats him with this" Yeah, but then at the very end, like once his once his purpose right? once his purpose is fulfilled, the government just completely shuns him. They don't give a mm-hmm. fuck about him. They only told him that to build him up so that he would do the mission. I like that. He's like the guy that always keeps his heart rate below however many BPM. They're like, man, that's pretty epic. So he's he's like <laughs> yeah. kind yeah. of built up as like as like this kind of not so everyday man. I thought that it he was like kind of a unique way more character. Interesting, though. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because he starts off so detached and kind of stoic, but over the course of the movie, um, just through how really horrible the situation he's been put into, like it forces emotion out of him, and you really understand sort of what he stands for Mm -hmm. as a person and how he feels about his dad and everything. It's a really interesting, like place to that, and the whole arc of his character is really interesting, um, especially when the reveal at the end with what happened with Tommy Lee Jones and and how that all, all goes down. And how he he basically learns from his dad to stop looking outwards all the time and focus on what you've actually achieved sometimes so yeah. you don't drive yourself insane. But it's like a really satisfying way to conclude the story, I thought. I really like movies that deal with psychologically repressed characters. I think that that yeah. is an interesting subject to tackle. And in terms of, I guess, that element of the story, I think that this movie did it pretty well. Like, that's one of the things I like better about this movie. It's just that what kind of holds it down is that it's somewhat littered with scenes that you'd expect in a more cliched space movie. And there's points of the movie, several points, where I'm constantly wondering, is the movie smarter than me or am I smarter than the movie? Does that make sense? Is that dumb? (laughs) <laughs> and then there's some points where I'm like, yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> when when mm-hmm. uh, the three characters died after he like broke onto the ship. <laughs> yeah, like, I didn't that like was, that scene That was all. so ridiculous. What happened? That was so confusing. Yeah, yeah especially considering they're supposed to be these astronauts. Yeah. They're supposed to be able to behave in times of crises and they just yeah. kind of snapped for some reason. The ship's taken off. We've got this countdown as to when it's going to like go forward and and push everybody backwards, but we're so distracted, we have to kill Brad Pitt at this moment. The girl just flies face first into the wall. It was just so ridiculous. I wanted to laugh really loud when that happened. Yeah, it was a lazy way to keep the main character isolated. Yeah. It was the only thing. Yeah, but also, they get rid of those characters, but it's not Brad Pitt's fault, really, because it's an accident. He feels kind of guilty about it. And that's why why it felt like like a Brad Pitt vehicle. Mm-hmm. kind of because like he's that nice scene guy. maybe he should have just yeah he's a nice guy he wouldn't actually kill the crew not that his character would i don't think his character would in that situation but it's just you need to write something a little more clever than that has brad pitt ever played like a villain character yeah in the past like 20 like years like fight club kind of but 
is he really a villain mm-hmm. in that story? He's just an. He was I mean, in Twelve spoiler. Years a Slave. He was like the only night. He was the only. <laughs> he's the nice only nice slave owner I know. It's so Maybe funny. he's got yeah, like a clause in his contracts, like the Rock mm-hmm. or something does. I would yeah. be surprised. Yeah, public image. That kind of distracted me. Yeah. <laughs> to keep that leading man persona, I guess that's what yeah. he demands. He didn't actually kill any of them. They just all yeah. fucked up really bad at the same time and all died immediately. <laughs> yeah. Like what happened? Why did the wh- why was there no more oxygen? Like wh- the guy like threw a canister at him. Yeah, what was the that? Canister like, leaked the, out, and I think that depleted the oxygen, the oxygen in the entire the ship. Room. What? Yeah, and then they all suffocated. What? It was I a clumsy scene. I have no idea what happened yeah. there. That was that was a really <laughs> ridiculous moment. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, again, like I don't know if I'm smarter than the movie or the mo- movie smarter than me. There could be something that I just didn't pay attention to. At the end, when like there's the whole conflict, he he parks the ship or whatever, and then there's the like the the rings of what? Where was it? Neptune, and he mm-hmm. has to like go through them by using the like ripping off the door of the ship and and propelling himself forward to get back to the his first ship. And it's like, why it didn't like you just shield? Yeah. Why didn't you just like park it at an angle where you didn't have to do that so that you could not like? Why would you? make it so that the only straight line between you and b- between the ships is is one that goes through the rings like you you'd think that that would have been mm-hmm. preventable just by not leaving the ship at that exact place mm-hmm. but it would have lo- wouldn't have looked as cool well yeah that's the thing like i did get the sense that it it, it was meddled with in some sense by probably producers or whoever's funding this movie because there are some really not very subtle dumps of exposition from characters and there are so many characters that show up that have no character and they are just there to dump a bit of exposition and there's nothing memorable about their performance or the dialogue or really anything about multiple scenes like that and yeah like especially with the dialogue i remember some really just unnecessary stuff towards the end that was just explaining the whole point of the movie over and over again it's like it's not that complicated like what what you're presenting us like how stupid do you do you take us to be like mm-hmm. and obviously yeah that comes from certain levels of interference here yeah. and there, i'm sure like apparently this film was really difficult to get made and the director had to compromise with like the ending and a bunch of different things that Lame. they wanted to do so because it really feels yeah, like it's trying to really be two lame. different things at once you know, like, mm, do you want to yeah. make an intelligent character study or do you want to make a popcorn movie? And it really felt as though there there were conflicting tones and conflicting ideas of what the film should be. Yeah, because like even in that opening scene where Brad Pitt's kind of working on that lift or whatever it was, that huge mm. space thing that was the geosynchronous orbital platform yeah, and he's like, there's like a huge action action scene, and he like falls off, and he's falling like hundreds of miles or whatever. And I was like, oh, oh, it's gonna be one of these movies, I guess. Like, okay, and and then you're right, it does just flip flop between. No, we're gonna be kind of smart and mm-hmm. somber and serious now with these like really slow scenes with these extravagant sets and like harsh lighting that you're supposed to sit there and think about what this character's going through. But then there's a moon buggy chase. And, <laughs> like, it's, it's really strange. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's always really interesting to me whenever there's a movie that is rated lower from users than from critics, like high critical rating, Mm. lower user rating. That's always really interesting. A lot of the times it's because the elements of the film 
or more to do with, I guess, uh, just like presentation. So like the movie looked beautiful. Like it looked fantastic. Yeah. Very yeah, colorful. Yeah. Score different, was great. Different color palettes in Very each scene. Sense. Yeah. The score was great. Yeah. And again, the subtleties with the character. But then, you know, the stupid scenes are also there. Yeah. And it's like, I still appreciate a lot of the elements that the film did well, but there's things just holding it back. And so a lot of uh, viewers wouldn't necessarily pick up on, I guess, those those presentation elements. And if you don't have those in the film, if you don't notice those, then it's probably not that great of an experience comparatively. Yeah. I feel like there's a great movie in here if you recut it. Yeah. And, I mean, you can cut out that whole monkey scene and the movie wouldn't be any different, probably. It'd be better, I reckon. The and some of the better. narration, I mean, maybe not all of it, but some of it. Yeah. yeah, there's really good ideas in it. There's a lot of uh, excellent cinematography and sets. The there's some concepts that were very unoriginal, I thought. Mm -hmm. And like Interstellar, it, the opening reminded me of Gravity. Yep, it was going for mm -hmm. that same visceral yep. like excitement, even though the rest of the movie wasn't really about that. So that's why it felt so out of place. Yeah, I feel like a lot of space action movies or even space horror movies are so fucking derivative at this point like it's yeah. it's very <laughs> uncommon for one not to feel like just like it's trying to be another one that already existed that movie life yeah. that came out what was it 2015 yeah, or something it was so fucking yeah. derivative and uninspired like every single scene was just like oh well you're just trying to be that and it's just so annoying and Brad Pitt's like the the flashbacks to his girlfriends and all of that. I thought that was really just lame and and again yeah. really familiar territory, especially after mm -hmm. First Man last year, which I thought was much better in terms of that kind of personal story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and when it they focused really on that, it, it was just really lame. Yeah, the whole movie yeah, exactly. was about that personal connection with his wife and his kid. Exactly. Yeah, but they didn't plant the American flag. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be the most important part. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> All right, what would you guys uh, give this movie out of uh, however many you want to give it out of? It's a good movie. I think you should experience it in a theater because yeah. it looks great. Like the actual science fiction, what I go to a theater to see, the fucking epic space shots and you know mm -hmm. cool stuff like that, I got all that. Um, but yeah, it's a little derivative and felt like a Brad Pitt vehicle, but it's still a good movie, like three out of five. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of there with you. Um, it, it didn't really leave much of an everlasting impression on me. I liked the message of the movie well enough, but every time I was starting to love something about the movie, there was always a caveat that came with it. So right by the end of it, I was so split down the middle that, again, I'm not really interested in revisiting the movie anytime soon. But at the same time, it's an original film kind of thing you want to see more of and support. Just... So I would recommend seeing it, especially if you like kind of slow science fiction-y pieces like this. Um, I'm torn between a two and a half stars and a three. Um, probably a three because mm -hmm. of, yeah, all the things we already yeah. talked about. It is a well-made film. Yeah, it's it's certainly, there. there's things about it that, that bring it up to a six for me. It's better than just mm -hmm. like an average kind of schlock, nothing special about it sort of thing. There's just life things holding it back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Audio visual wise, pretty great. See it in a the theater, I guess. But yeah. It's good. I'll watch it again maybe, but Yeah. Not rushing back to see it. Exactly. I guess it's time to talk about 
the film recommendation, which... I'm uh, going to rush back to see this. Here we go. Yeah. A very rewatchable um, movie. Yeah. And and it, it kind of ties in with the intro I gave, the uh-oh, stinky poopy. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I see what you've done there. Uh, uh, Solo, or 120 Days of Sodium. Spoiler warning. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen Solo, maybe you don't want to see it. Maybe you just want to hear people talk about it. It's a little extreme. It's one of those movies that, that has a uh, notorious... Uh, history of ju just being reputation. Yeah, notorious yeah. reputation of uh being really extreme in the same vein as uh you could say cannibal holocaust or a serbian film or human centipede i guess although yeah. this one is uh pretty critically acclaimed and many people or at least a few people consider it one of the best movies ever made unsurprisingly uh Michelle Hanukkah, Gaspar Noé, and John Waters all think it's great, mm -hmm. yeah. which is just so unsurprising. It's them. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm a little torn on it, but I, I, I enjoyed it overall. I think, I think it has some merit. Enjoyed it? Well, yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it overall. Yeah. I would say it was great. Yeah. <laughs> Not entertaining, like in the traditional sense, but very interesting and in terms of actually making a horrifying disturbing experience i think uh i gotta look up the director's name it's some italian guy but yeah. he succeeded because this stuck with me for a while and uh, i will rewatch it again at some point but it, there's some images that are still in my head nice from watching it yeah and i think like describing what happens in the movie is worse than just watching it because really? some of it does look fake yeah, well, because like we're—I bet we're gonna describe some of the things that happen, and mm -hmm. not that watching mm -hmm. it is is a pleasant experience, but um, there's some stuff that looks fake in this film, and there's a uh, like extras who are laughing and smiling at certain yeah. points. Um, I, I'm glad it's not like I want this to look real, but it's more like what the film is about and what it's calling back to. That's mm -hmm. the disturbing part, and it feels very real in that sense. If you if you know what I mean, yeah, Alex. Well, <laughs> I, I I'm the opposite of you, Ralph. I really didn't get on with this movie. Um, mm -hmm. I I understand. Well, first off, you mentioned its reputation, and I think its reputation totally did precede it. Um, I think I just went in with the wrong mindset because of the way the film had always yeah. been described and bigged up, and it really is not. It is not this like overbearing totally crazy movie that everyone has been trying to sell it as it is it is more clever and metaphorical than uh, i was yeah. expecting and in terms of that kind of thing the film history the the fact that it was made in a you know a, a reflective time for the italians and you know of course they're going to have a lot to say about you know fascist dictatorships at that point and that's really what the film is about and how that kind of just excess and if it's unchecked where it can go i sort of understood all that but i thought the film was pretty monotonous and repetitive mm -hmm. um and even like there was no there was nothing for me to really get attached to um if it is going to be a metaphorical movie about how oppressive governments are bad then <laughs> 
I need I need some I need something more because yeah. there are countless movies about this kind of thing. Like we we mentioned the wall earlier. Like that's a, a way more entertaining example yeah. for me. Way more deconstructing thorough. these concepts. Exactly. Yeah, it deconstructs it more. It's more interesting, and most of all, it's more entertaining. Like mm-hmm. I just it it's just so slow and dull for me, and like. That I was watching. I was like, "Okay, let's just let's just see how much longer this has." <laughs> and it was like half an hour left, and I was like, "Really?" Like I was really expecting more from this movie, from the way it's been bigged up. And again, like if it is going to be so metaphorical and really have not much else going for it, um, it does. It can't be as repetitive as it is. It it, it needs more for me to attach myself to it. Like I, I was trying my best. Like I feel like this is really one of those movies where not only does the reputation in terms of how extreme it is lauded as but it, it also has a reputation as you said adam as, as being this sort of like gem mm-hmm. that you sort of have to like and if you don't like it then you're not a true film fan you're or not whatever. a true cinephile <laughs> sorry so it's like no what am i what am i missing like i'm just sat here watching this people like crawling around and yeah fascism's bad and all that but like <laughs> after a while it's like okay i i totally understand the point but it's not creative or different enough throughout the movie to keep my interest after a while it is very one note and i think that part of the reason why i enjoy this one more than something like a serbian film which i absolutely hate is is because there's definitely more of an intent whether i mean whether we're gonna say that it was pulled off great or not there was definitely a visible intent for the uh i guess political statements and the metaphorical statements it was making and also this one is one of the earlier ones and i really appreciate something that can push boundaries so far and create something that people hadn't seen before at that period in time. At this point, someone could release a movie like that, and I don't think many people would consider it to be uh, very groundbreaking or important in terms of, of what it's trying to say. I think most people would just consider it to be pornographic or, you know, like just torture porn or whatever you want to call it. But I do appreciate, when was it made? 1975? Something like that? I do appreciate something at that period in time existing. I'm I'm glad that it exists, even Agreed, if I don't yeah. absolutely love the entire movie overall. Yeah. It's a very and it would have been so movie. shocking when it, when it was released. Yeah. Like, considering uh-huh. the landscape it was released yeah. into, it would have been really quite yeah. dangerous. It was also hard to find for a long time. It was banned yeah, everywhere. Yeah, like it's banned in countless countries. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not fun. I th- people <laughs> so, might hate me for this, but I found a lot of it kind of funny. I found a lot yeah, of it pretty funny. Yeah, there's definitely funny moments. I found it, yeah, <laughs> unintentionally funny at points, yeah. yeah. Unintentionally funny. I think so, yeah. Who knows? The scalping I... at the end, a little unintentionally funny. That looked pretty fake. There's, there's a few funny moments. <laughs> yeah, one of the main things that really stopped me from getting into the movie, though, was I, I kept feeling like I was noticing some pretty bad performances from the... Uh, the young teenagers because mm-hmm. they they weren't like actors at the time that was i think a lot of their first sort of project um that they ever worked on in this capacity and you could i swear i noticed a few of them smirking in the background now and again yeah. and like it was it wasn't very convincing to me and especially the way it takes a long time to even build up the suspense or fear in oh because that's another problem i have with the movie it's called 120 days but the yeah the time passing is like 
the indication of time passing i thought was really not great that's like, true it, it didn't feel like i was expecting like um what was the sardonicast movie we did ages ago the horror film where at the end there is like a excruciating torture scene for martyrs. Oh, martyrs. And, like yeah. yeah martyrs i was thinking of like at the end of martyrs that torture feels like it is like days of the way it's edited the way it's presented yeah and here it's just like it's so repetitive in its structure it's like scene with the fascists like having like a bunch of exposition in form of like yeah. a backstory being told the prostitute story yeah the prostitute story then some shocking thing then another shocking thing then another bit of exposition and it's all like in the same house it's all in lots of the same rooms and the only time i thought i really ramped up to what i was somewhat expecting was the final sequence at the end where it all yeah. kind of everything everything kind of happens in the last the last part of the movie um so, it's a good finale so, and by then i was yeah, yeah it's it a good finale and i thought the the last line was kind of clever with the sort of young guards talking about mm -hmm. uh, how's your girlfriend back home or whatever something like that mm -hmm. and it made me wonder if if the book i th would work a lot better for me because it might be able to it's based on a book i do believe yeah, yeah. I, think so. oh, I had no idea yeah and I, I and i was wondering if it would work better in that format because probably these things are, are so over the top that seeing it recreated by people who you know are actors kind of lessens the punch of it. I think if I it was left to my imagination and I was just reading basic descriptions of the horrendous things you see, yeah. your imagination is obviously way more powerful than anything that they could have come up with in the 70s. Yeah, I think the most effective part in terms of me taking it seriously was one that was really helped by my imagination and anticipation of fear as soon as the guy puts the the nails in exactly. the food and is like oh come over here like i was cringing before it happened sort of thing it's less to do yeah. with how they pulled it off presentation wise and more to do with the concept and you know the the way that you would react imagining such a thing there's other elements of it mm -hmm. that were just pretty goofy though <laughs> that that, yeah. that was the most effective part for me was the nail in the food there's an early line in the movie that's something like, it's all good if it's excessive, something along those lines. One of the fascists says it at like, the table. Mm -hmm. And I was asking myself, is it? Because a lot of the time, this like excess extremity kind of, like these movies like uh, you know the Human Centipede mm -hmm. and Cannibal Holocaust and that kind of thing, being extreme in that way, it's not that hard. Like anyone can like walk around naked and like shit on the floor and start eating it and stuff. Like it, it's not the most brilliantly original concept in the world. So I, I do need a little bit more because it is just repetitive. After it's like a one trick pony. Like it shows you what it's capable of, and then it's like, look, but now it's the same thing, but the shitting on the floor and eating it instead of just you know the normal horrendous stuff they were doing haha ha, poopy the repetition really hurt it for me <laughs> stinky poop although i did i thought that was one of the better scenes in the movie it was the first sort of shit scene with the girl crawling over to it that was one of the few times i got a this is really gross right now kind of reaction out of me yeah this is a movie about violence and specifically like sexual violence and how people sexualize violence these crazy fucking rich people but the movie didn't feel pornographic at all to me anyway it all felt artfully shot and the the excessiveness of just the the torture and the and the rape of in it is more what affected me rather than just showing it, mm -hmm. it, it, it there was no close-ups on any stupid things or like there was the scene uh, like the when they have to consummate the marriage 
like that was one of the most fucked up scenes to me just mm-hmm. the way it was presented it's just like a, these wide shots from far away it was really fucked up and i feel like there's a lot of scenes in this film like yes it's not an entertaining film to watch and i agree with you alex to in that sense but i i think <laughs> it is very extreme to the point where it is effective and like you can say it's extreme to the point of comedy but there this was actually done to people in like yeah slavery or the holocaust and yeah. that's the or more my fucked up part <laughs> yeah but the way it's presented like at the very end that you see all of it through uh the binoculars of that one guy sitting in his chair uh like in inside the building yeah. like that's what made it fucked up it wasn't what was actually being shown because it didn't look all that real but it was the performances, it was like the dedication of these actors to get naked and crawl around on the floor because they knew they were making art. Mm-hmm. Like, I appreciate that. I feel as though it was well shot for the most part. I wasn't really blown away by any of those choices, although I do yeah. appreciate them. Until I, the I end. I, it reminded the me en- a the lot end of sequence, um, Spiria, I was really impressed, actually. though. I really, uh-huh. I really liked how that was presented. I found that like having it through you know, the binoculars far away, like detached... One could even, I don't know if this would be intentional from the filmmakers, but one could even say that that's like a commentary on audience members, which, you know, obviously Hanukkah loves that kind of shit. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Yeah. It is the smartest scene in the movie, I'd, I'd yeah. say. That's, it's it easily like the funny best games. one. I could tell Funny Games was very inspired by this, or mm-hmm. I said Suspiria. The cinematography and the set design of this reminded me of Suspiria a lot. And it even has a character that's very similar to that woman in Suspiria who commits suicide because she feels guilty about what they're doing to the girls. There's like a similar, like the pianist in this who jumps out of the window at the very end. So it was cool to see like all these Italian movies that I've seen recently all inspired by this. It was cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I can't like not love something that has inspired all these other movies that I love, you know, mm-hmm. even though I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> well, I mean, the Holocaust is something that inspired a lot of movies I love, but I don't love the Holocaust. Oh, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. I guess, uh... <laughs> Do you love the Holocaust, Ralph? A... <laughs> I can't not love Don't something answer. that inspired a lot of movies I love. <laughs> it is You're a canceled. really detached movie. There's, there isn't really much humanity to be found, um, even mm-hmm. from the young teenagers who are supposed to be uh, like kidnapped. I didn't. I didn't think they really sold the idea that they were kidnapped. Aside from the odd scene where one of them tried to escape because they remem- I like that remembered. Scene. Oh wait, yeah, we got to. Yeah, those are the scenes where I was like, yeah, this this is what I want to see. I want to see at the start a little bit of resistance from these characters because they've just been like captured or, you know, they just weren't reacting to the, to the horrors they were seeing in front of them in a way I thought was convincing enough to make me believe that this was really happening and it wasn't just a bunch of first time actors. I believe it. They, yeah. they were totally helpless. It's like, what were they going to do? Yeah, it, there, there were a few moments also. Like, there were a few escape attempts and, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and those were the times where I was like, I'm glad this is happening. But again, just every time I was getting some kind of payoff, it just took so long to get there. Like, too long for, to the point where I just lost my investment by then. You just didn't buy it? No. Like, especially because, Ralph, you mentioned that it, it did feel kind of real and really pulled you in. Um, but I didn't think there was... A very tangible mood or atmosphere that to really help ground the movie for me like it, really? it, it did just at all times yeah it just felt 
it just fell flat for me. I, I couldn't get into it, but because of the weird like performance things I was noticing, because of mm. just how over the top it is, and and it was it was riding that line of like, is this supposed to be purely just really metaphorical and satirical in a sense, or am I supposed to really be fearful for these kids because this is just so so horrendous what's happening right now? It never really properly convinced me and just stayed on that line sort of the whole time until the very end where I was like. Yeah, I, I see the point of this, but it, it's just, I think it's just too long and too slow. I was able to get into the tone mm -hmm. for sure. And I was able to, to get the feeling that, you know, these kids are being tortured. They didn't want to be there sort of thing. Although I didn't really, you guys are mentioning like you, you saw them like smirking in the background. I didn't really pick up on that. There are a couple, you know, weird kind of like continuity or things that were bugging me or like a, a couple yeah, presentation issues there was a yeah, there was there's a like line where issues. like someone's dialogue was like echoed for some reason and it was really distracting but um i mean like th those were the i guess the exception to the rule for the most part like the the moments that took me out of it were not as f frequent as me like being in it it is still very repetitive though i wish that there was more mm -hmm. to it there's a lot of things that I like within this film that I would have liked to see in a uh, more thorough exploration of what this movie is supposedly going for. Exactly. Or I guess, you know, just different beats in the story because it feels like a lot of the same beats over and over. I feel like you could do more with this concept. Yeah. That's part of, I guess, why the film didn't speak to me is because we do have films like Funny Games now, which, which take elements that are clearly inspired by a film like this and vastly improve it and make it a much more entertaining and poignant film for me anyway. Mm -hmm. And it's the same way for a lot of these older films that have inspired so many people. We've said this again and again um, with films recommended before that it does take some of the punch away when you've seen the inspirators sort of movies based on this kind of thing already. So some of the punch is taken away because it has just been reiterated in slightly more intelligent forms i'd say yeah it's certainly not a timeless movie it's certainly not for this generation no. we've all been ruined by 4chan we can't yeah. <laughs> we're not gonna get the same effect as as people in the 1970s just imagine no, everyone's like moms and dads watching this movie it's like of, of course it would be more groundbreaking and more effective but i think it's also important to try and like place the film in that time period i guess it depends on how you want to judge it yeah, that's why I could never say period. I hate the movie, because I think you do need to read the movie from that historical lens. And when you do mm -hmm. look at the movie through that lens, it's really fascinating. Yeah, that it is a film that is sort of more fun to read than than watch. Like as you said yourself, Ralph, like the the it's not really an entertaining film, but it's the history around it. It's the the story behind it. Like we haven't even mentioned what happened to the director. Was it before yeah, the film who came got out? Murdered. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The director literally got, got murdered, murdered three weeks like after few, he finished it. Uh, uh, yeah, a few weeks. Mm -hmm. Which is crazy, and that, uh, and it's understandable why it has such a cult following based on all those things. But if you do view the movie from a more modern lens, it it doesn't really hold up to me. If mm -hmm. if you do completely ignore the film history side mm -hmm. of it, yeah, it's really just depending on how how you want to judge the the mm. film. Yeah, I, I said it was about um, the period that he lived in well even though the film is it takes place during world war ii obviously um but he said anyway pasolini said that the movie's about 
the bourgeoisie. It's very, that's what he said, the bourgeoisie. Very anti-bourgeoisie and how these rich people, this obsession they have with um, wealth and this excess kind of has destroyed them as human beings. That, like, you got to think when you're that rich, you can just have whatever you want and you can fuck and have sex with whoever you want um, with that kind of power and money. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I'm trying to find a way to say this without like being distasteful. They're, you know? they're like, just, the they're like the Skeksis. Yeah. From the Dark it's, it's Crystal. Hard, it's humans. hard to say without being distasteful. Because this movie is drawing a lot of comparisons to like Nazis and, and that stuff and how they tortured people and got sexual gratification from that. And I think that's what he's trying to say with this. And he's comparing it to the rich people at that time in Italy. I don't think that's distasteful. Yeah. Okay. No. Uh, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to phrase it in a way that's like as intelligent as I could say it, because <laughs> it is a very challenging. Yeah, I didn't find it insulting. No, I didn't find it insulting either. I I think maybe what, well, what I get out of what you're kind of trying to say is is like when you have so much wealth and power, you become detached from yeah, average people in society and. And mm-hmm. you're not a part of their world anymore, and it dehumanizes other people. And mm-hmm. the horrible atrocities that people commit in positions of power historically are ones that come out of that same dehumanization element, you know? like Right, and then it's never enough. Like, they want yeah. more and more and more, and it, they're still sexually frustrated. Like, they're whipping these poor children at the end, and it's still not enough. They're still angry, and they're probably going to do it to someone else after you know, mm-hmm. that's more what this film is exploring. And I think that element is really fucked up. And there's not a lot of movies about that kind of sexual yeah. violence. And I appreciate that they were able to make a movie like that without being pornographic or, like, insulting in that way. Or, like, demeaning to women or, you know, it's about both men and women being tortured, too. Yeah, uh, It could have easily gone with just <laughs> the woman angle, like maybe Showgirls or something. Yeah, like that we would saw have before. just been too much. It would have been too much, yeah. But it felt more tasteful and balanced than that. And that's why yeah. I really appreciated it. The sexual side never is key, me. and certainly mm-hmm. is what makes it more unique, because like, I did, I did just mention like The Dark Crystal or something, which is like obviously for kids, but does share similar themes of like... That f- <laughs> like The Skeksis are so obviously like a metaphor mm. for like the bourgeoisie. Yeah. Or like Starship yeah. Troopers, The Wall, all of these movies. They're, they're, they're similar in that kind of way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a debate. I think that there's there's a legitimate room for debate on whether or not this movie is pornographic. <laughs> Because it is and it isn't. Yeah. Like there's certainly no money oh, yeah. shots. It's certainly they certainly didn't make something where they the the goal was to have someone jerk off to it. But mm-hmm. I'm sure there's people that do. <laughs> I, right, like, especially the, at that time. Yeah. It's so like films were only shown in theaters at that point. Like there's no way you get it like on a home video cassette yeah, and that fucking too. watch it at home and jerk off. The yeah. the uh a, a lot of the concepts in this story not necessarily the presentation, but a lot of the concepts kind of feel like they come out of some sick person's fan fiction fantasy sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. where it's like you, you, you just add on to it beat by beat and like, oh, sh- she's going to piss in his mouth now. And like every time they added yeah. a new one, it was kind of comical to me. Not every single time. Yeah, maybe but like that's why. When they just keep going her. further and further and further, it's like, oh, 
okay, we're going to do this now. Like I wasn't as uh, like emotionally impacted by the film as I think I should have been or, you know, would be if I was a different person living in the 1970s who had never had the internet, I guess. Um, exactly, yeah. But... It was an uncomfortable laughter for me, anyway, because of just the excessiveness of it. And also, this director is notorious for making kind of films like that. Mm -hmm. And he said that this is a deconstruction and a, like a denouncement, almost, of his film career and how he's done that mm. in his films, right? By being so excessive, by bringing it to the extreme. And I appreciate well, so that. some self-loathing in there. Mm -hmm. It is quite hopeless and like nihilistic, just a, yeah. as a rule. Like there's basically nothing to attach yourself to because it is just so horrible. It's just or miserable. The, yeah. Yeah, it's a miserable piece. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. that the most disturbing parts for me, in terms of the overall tone, not necessarily specific set pieces, would be closer to the beginning, actually before they actually get to the torture place. Like the, the idea of these rich people like buying and selling these kids and that dialogue we get about how the girl's mother drowned trying to save her and that's why she's crying and, you know, the guy that tries yeah. to get away and gets shot and, you know, them just kidnapping all these kids. Like th that part of the film I thought was like pretty great. Um, and it didn't get mm -hmm. like ridiculous enough at that point for it to be like kind of comical you say nervous laughter there are some parts where i had genuine laughter <laughs> there are some parts that were really funny to me <laughs> well some of it's so absurd like you, yeah there's just no other re appropriate reaction yeah. really uh-huh yeah when the president moons everyone and then gets ass fucked and he it's <laughs> like cross-eyed yeah. little yeah, smile that was comical yeah, yeah that yeah. was pretty funny uh, that that actor, I thought. Well, I thought the casting of all four of those guys was great because they all yeah. really came across as disturbing, fucked up people. Especially mm -hmm. him with his silly grin. Um, yeah, he, the yeah. women, he was the wives of the guys who were just going on and on about these sexual encounters in their lives. It was so fucked up. I didn't even want to read the subtitles. It was horrible. Yeah, it certainly serves a purpose. And yeah. despite a lot of things clearly being inspired by this, I still feel as though the experience of this movie is unique. It's not one that you could mm -hmm. necessarily get from watching the other things that were inspired by it, whether that's I'd agree with that. positive or negative towards the film. <laughs> I, I have in my notes just one scene that I found really funny. The, se the sequence where they all rat on each other <laughs> to stay alive, it felt like kind of a Monty Python yeah. sketch where it just yeah, kept going yeah, and going like, Oh well, you're about to kill me, but you'll never find out what this person did that you didn't like. That was kind of funny. I didn't think that was funny. Though. I thought it was funny. Yeah, I thought I, I thought it was funny. It seemed very satirical. How to quick me. they were all like turning on each other. I thought it was more of a commentary. Of oh, how there's that certainly a commentary. System works. Yeah, there's certainly a commentary. Yeah, I just thought it was more satirical than it's. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just I found I found a bit of it to be goofy, but I mean. Even with that, you know, if if I didn't find any of it to be goofy then I might not enjoy the film as much. Because I enjoy this film in kind of like split between ironic and unironic ways. I enjoy this film mm -hmm. for its piece in history, its commentary, its presentation to some extent. But I mean, I, I, I also get enjoyment out of the, the kind of ridiculous over-the-top elements that, that I do find funny. Um, we didn't yeah. mention the soundtrack. Ennio Morricone! showing yeah. up 
I thought it was good soundtrack. I thought he did a really great job. That song near the end, especially, was great. Yeah, it was used yeah. sparingly, which was effective. Uh huh. The opening credits song was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, um, that was an original piece. Really light tone, happy music in the intro, which mm-hmm. was a nice yeah, juxtaposition. Like yeah, very disconcerting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. I feel like if you do take individual scenes and analyze them, there is there is a lot to appreciate about it. But there's just something about the whole piece to me that just doesn't come together and make for something I got much value out of. Probably because the the message is just so repetitive after a while. Mm-hmm. Like. It, they really do hammer it hammer it home like what they're going for and it is sort of the yeah. same point over and over again and it did just reach a, a point for me where i was like okay you're going to show me anything else or is this no okay yep yep fascism is bad yeah mm-hmm. okay and then it ends it's so difficult because like i can't put myself in in the position of well, yeah, that's the thing. being someone in the 1970s watching this because like when i'm watching yeah. this now and we're exposed to all you know we're all on the internet and there's so many people just posting random disturbing things on twitter just for laughs just being mm-hmm. trolls you know there's parts of this movie where watching it with almost that kind of lens is it, it feels like kind of a troll movie when the duke like pulls off his pants and just shits on the floor it's like okay you're just gonna you're gonna take it further this is like some edgelord writing this movie (laughs) in a sense well yeah it comes from a place of anger clearly towards the government the fascist government Mm -hmm. that ruled italy and that that's Mm -hmm. very obvious because it's doing everything in its power to mock them constantly and just mock the idea and really dismantle like everything that it stood for to as a huge middle finger up to you know everything that was that happened there which I totally understand and, and is interesting, but just tiring after a while because there ain't much else to attach yourself to beyond the messages of the movie and just the shocking nature of it. Mm-hmm. I like the subtle, there's like a subtle part where she look, one of the women looks out the window and there's like a, a bomber coming by, like a plane outside. So it's hinted at that it's toward the end of the war, mm-hmm. I think. And like America's going to come in or, you know, America's going to come in and save the day as we usually do. Um, but I like that <laughs> element of it. I like that it was subtle and just in the background. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of stuff in this movie like that. Were there any uh, practical effects that you guys liked? I, I can think of a couple that I appreciated. The tongue looked pretty good when he was getting his tongue cut out. It was the, That part I was alright. I thought that it was a little yeah, off-color right. in terms of... Like, yeah, it was like, a little off-color. Maybe there should have been more blood, but I like that. It was yeah. okay. The fake dicks didn't look all that great. Yeah. Except no, that one they, yeah, scene. Pretty silly. After the... Um, uh, which guy did he fuck? I have it in my notes. <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> which, it's kind of like the, the darker scene closer towards the end. There's a scene where one of the guys gets ass-fucked by one of the uh, the studs or whatever they called them. And that penis looked gigantic. But the lighting yeah. made it seem real enough. And then at the sequence towards the end when they're looking through binoculars, you can see that they're like the wrong color. They're kind of like gray. And mm-hmm. it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the, the <laughs> practical effects that I did like, um, I liked when the guy was getting whipped and they had the whip marks on his back put on before. And then he turns around and you see them. And yeah, so that, it that feels as though they just appeared when when he got whipped and i liked i liked yeah. uh, when they uh w- when they cut out the guy's eyes i think that that was a cool effect yeah mm-hmm. i agree anything else 
I guess not. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, I don't know. that's the ironic thing horrific. about it. I guess is yeah, like there isn't much else to say beyond the meaning of the the metaphorical nature of it, and then just literally what happens in the movie. And that's that's kind of your lot with this one for me, anyway. <laughs> we got a good half an hour conversation out of it. Yeah, but it's a, it, it really is the thing. I have to urge people. If if you haven't watched the movie and you're listening to this segment by any chance, go in with the correct expectations because <laughs> I think that really did hurt the movie yeah. for me. Just in the way it's been sold. Really temper them, bring them back, think about everything we've just talked about and, and really approach it from a historical slant more than I'm ready to for, to be shocked by this movie yeah. because it, you might not get that. There's a movie yeah. I saw yesterday, just The Painted Bird. And like the only thing that people know about it is like people walked out it was just a fucking edgelord yeah. movie. It was so bad. Yeah. And I walked out. Because it often yeah. is. Yeah. It's more the context of it and what it's calling back to in history that's yeah. disturbing. Rather than the yeah. actual, like, seeing the guy get scalped. That, that, there's plenty of movies that have done that better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are certainly interesting elements to it. Um, yeah. What would you give it out of uh, five or ten or whatever? Alex, go on. <laughs> I was for you to go, but... No, no, I want to know what you think. Um, yeah, it, it is one where I have to kind of just settle somewhere in the middle because, yeah, I do, I do really like half of the movie and what it represents, and I totally understand why people like it. It's a shame I went in with the complete wrong lens on this movie, which I don't know if you can particularly blame me for because that is the it's only difficult reason not anyone to. talks about the movie. Exactly, yeah. But the other half is just I just I I didn't connect with anything. Um, I I like the idea of a sort of metaphorical movie that's taking down these heavy concepts of oppressive governments and dictatorships and fascism and all this. But I just think there are so many better movies that deal with these kind of concepts that we've had since then, where. I'm glad I've seen the movie. Like just in the same way that I'm glad we have seen Showgirls and all these other infamous notorious movies. movies yeah yeah exactly <laughs> notorious but at the end of the day i'm not going to be rushing back to see this movie and i can't really recommend it to anyone unless it's someone so specific that they probably already know about it <laughs> yeah you know? so i uh, i'm torn between a two and a half stars or a, or a three um mm-hmm. i say it might be a three if i rewatch it but i really don't want to so i might have to set it <laughs> on two and a half Ralph. well i thought it was great um, not entertaining in the traditional sense again, but I do appreciate the artistry of it. I do think it's very well made and acted, and the score is great. And I see how it influences all these other movies that I really like. And I'll give it four out of five for now. I'd like to see it again at some point and get more out of it, or see if there is anything more to get out of it. Um, but yeah, I thought it was very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. What both of you said... <laughs> seven out of ten <laughs> yeah i'm That's i'm funny. i'm somewhere I like it in the when middle this happens when it's yeah. everyone is in a different place so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we're not it's a, we're not, it's like a great challenging film anyway. it's clearly a divisive all... movie yeah like yeah it it's, was it's not designed to be loved in the same way a traditional you know tear-jerkery no. emotional f- fueled sort of picture is mm-hmm. it's not like he's around here the criticism yeah, no, yeah exactly. he died before he even came out <laughs> yeah some people speculate that like he was killed because of the movie that 
I doesn't make sense why though. like one of the yeah it, it doesn't make any yet. sense yeah, no one could have seen it exactly yeah. like one guy saw it or one of the actors or something was angry at him so they killed oh, him does, does nobody know who did it <laughs> i don't have i have no clue okay there's a suspect or something some 17 year old i remember reading but oh one of the kids in the movie Ooh, hmm. clever question Questions. time question time let's do this Yay. so if if you want to leave your own questions for us to answer on this segment of Sardonicast, head over to the Sardonicast Reddit, where Ralph will pin a thread. You can ask us any question you like in there, if it's good enough. Right, so let's start with one from Bean Bomb, who says, Kind of weird question, but since you guys have all made fun of shitty religious movies, I was curious and wondered if any of you were assigned to make a religious movie, what do you think you would do different to make it good, or at the very least not a piece of shit? Oh, there's plenty you can do. Like, shoot it competently and get talented actors and get talented, like, composer. That helps a lot. But, like, yeah, the, and these movies have none of that. It's like no one gives a fuck. It's and like they get a crew so, who makes commercials. They're so literal, aren't they, a lot of the time? Like, what mm -hmm. they're doing with, like, that Nicolas Cage movie where they're on a plane or whatever. And it's like all these really blatant, no subtlety at all adaptations of these basically propaganda type properties. Mm -hmm. I feel like to to make people attached to it and, and not just poo-poo it away because of it being based on religious kind of text, you, you need to be more clever about it. I think of like the original Life of Pi story is, is way more subtle in that sense and it's, it's exploring a concept as opposed to just being, this is propaganda. Yeah, I, I, I don't have any issue with the lens that a film wants to portray it's a matter of whether or not that supersedes the film itself. Are you making a movie yeah. or are you making propaganda? If you call your movie a Christian movie, chances are you're just making propaganda and you don't really care mm -hmm. about whether or not there's actual <laughs> qualities to the film to make it entertaining or well-made. You're just there to preach your religious message. Right. To start with, I want to preach this message. message is not a good way to tell a story or an entertaining movie. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So usually there's there's directors who are really talented and make really good religious films like Martin Scorsese who made Last Temptation of Christ mm -hmm. and Silence which he made a few years ago which is great. I love and Silence. And those films are about yeah they're fantastic and they're about religion and they're about questioning faith and all of these very complicated things but they're very well made movies and there's subtlety to it. He's not like beating you over the head with it. Have you guys seen uh, The Prince of Egypt? Because that's quite a literal adaptation of you know stories from the bible but i saw it a long a, time ago a people fan favorite kind of movie very high regard so yeah I'll check yeah, it out people again constantly go on about it yeah oh one day on the show maybe yeah i definitely saw it be a good one i think in church oh really i don't know if you guys know this but i was raised religious even though i'm not now and as soon as this question hmm. was asked i got flashbacks to a video that i actually did for my confirmation class I don't even oh, remember. Wow. I, I I vaguely remember parts of it. I remember the the weird, really, really gay kid that insists he's not gay. I cast him as Jesus, <laughs> and he like did a little dance and and uh, faded into the background and like ran away whenever he solved someone's problems. Yeah, literally just show up like, oh, just remember this from the Bible. Goodbye, and then like <laughs> Neil Breen disappear, sort of thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's fun. Yeah. So it, it, I guess to answer the question, how do you make a good religious movie? Same way you make any other movie. 
It's just how you make a good movie. Yeah, treat it like a movie mm-hmm. and not propaganda. Yeah. It's basically yeah. as simple as that. <laughs> and it just has a Catholic or Christian message in it. Or yeah, religious who cares? message in general. Yeah. It's usually yeah. Catholic and Christian. <laughs> Those are what most movies are about. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't Catholic yeah. Christian? <laughs> Isn't Catholic there's like, there's a like Roman Catholic and yeah, there's I guess many different I'm, I'm types Roman of Christian. Catholic. So I guess yeah, I guess I make the differentiation. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> scary, man. Mr. Bump four six five asks Outside of the infamous Wilhelm scream, what sound effects are you sick of hearing and take you out of the movie slash show slash game? There's one that's driving me Whoa. fucking insane. And it's like the door yeah. creak sound effect. Yeah. And everybody's door <laughs> sounds the same. I'm glad you notice it too. It's I don't know anybody else I yeah. can talk to about this. It's driving me insane. <laughs> it is, really is it the same? I think it is. I've heard that door creak before. And then in some movies they use it like twice and within five minutes. The, the fucking yeah. the strangers pray at night. They just the spammed it. <laughs> they it didn't like, use it oh at the oh. oh, they did. I wanted to make like a compilation oh, video at one point, and then I guess I forgot about it. So I had a note on my phone of like every <laughs> every one I had noticed, or like every film that That's had funny. included it. Somebody should do that because it's everywhere. Did the question say I can't say the violin? I mean, no, that's it not say that. So okay, that so yeah, the violin is. But it's not. I hate that. Violin. It's not like this the is same what sound, sound effects you sick of hearing. That like violin is sound. a sound effect. They, they, it's it's just a sound. It's, like a sound it's a plug-in sound effect that they just use over and over. It's like I fucking hate it. <laughs> it is it is cheap yeah it it's is so cheap easy. and movies still use it i still hear it all the time oh yeah i guess like a close yeah. second is um there's this like spongebob squarepants his front door makes this sound it's like a submarine door opening right and i yeah. hear it so many i hear it in so many movies mm-hmm. and I fucking yeah i always just think back to spongebob it's very distracting any movie that's in a submarine <laughs> basically yeah I always hear the uh, alarm sound effect, the very one that I always use. The like iPhone I hear it in loads of movies. Oh, and yeah. That, that's the really iPhone. distracting to me. Yeah. yeah. The iPhone one. Or um, Any movie like pre the 2000s uses it because like, didn't, it didn't even exist back then. Yeah. The iPhones. So that no was, one had uh, like, any awareness of Punch it. Drunk Love when he is in the apartment building and he tries to, yeah. he goes mm. out the emergency exit. That's the sound effect. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It was in Futurama. I just I was just watching yeah. season one. It's in there. And I, I've seen so many bad comedies at this point that I know all the fart sound effects that they use. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. so like they never make new ones, so it's always like, well, that's fart sound effect three. Great. Yeah, <laughs> especially like because now there's so much YouTube content, and people are just going to search free yeah. sound effects on YouTube. And someone's uploaded the entire library of just these ones that have been in movies for a while. Yeah. There's more screams than just There's a really Wilhelm. specific problem to have, but yeah. There's Howie. You guys, are you guys bothered by the Wilhelm scream or the Howie? When it's used scream? unironically, yes. When it's used in a way that's it, clearly it, not yeah. poking fun at it. If it's in Star Wars, it's like, okay, well, they, they just do that. And that's, that's a yeah, part of it. Yeah, I was going to say. If it belongs in like pulpy kind of movies, then I have no problem with it, but it like is really cartoons. distracting. Yeah, I don't yeah. If it's something in a that's scene. supposed to be sillier. Yeah, if it's in like a drama or something, it takes itself yeah. seriously. It's really <laughs> <Right>. distracting. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen it in that context. There's some unnamed ones, or if they have a name, I don't know what it is, but there's some like female screams that I hear all the time. They were used in mm-hmm. like some sound effects for some early Eminem songs, and 
than World War Z. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, if you need a sound effect there, why are you using something that people have heard a billion times? Like, sure, the average audience member won't notice, but... How difficult is it to just record someone scream just for like, just bring yeah. them in for like well, an fuck, hour, whatever. not even bring them in for like 10 minutes, you know? And then you can license the recording and make money off of it. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Genius. So people should do that. There's like a, the crowd mm. gasp sound effect. Oh, yeah. Basically any audience sound effect now sounds fake as fuck. I feel yeah. like I've heard every yeah. single one from sitcoms. Yeah. Baby crying as well. That's a funny one. <laughs> yeah, because that's a hard one to get, right? You have to bring a baby into the studio. So there's only like three that exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get a friend with a baby and pinch it in front of a microphone. <laughs> yeah. Easy. Cry, God's sake, cry. Oh my God. I, I've heard that sound effect. Remember that Robin Hood, Russell Crowe movie? It was like shot like Saving Private Ryan. I, I didn't watch it. <laughs> I remember it was, it was it awful. Existing. But it has that baby crying sound effect in it nice. during this really like depressing <laughs> scene where like these people are getting murdered and there's a baby there. And it's like a fucking cartoon baby crying like, wee, wee. <laughs> it's so good. That's pretty good. Recommend that one. Just day. highlights how important the sound is, man. <laughs> there's some animal yeah. ones too. There's like, I think Good Time used the stock dog sound effect. Stop ruining yeah. my favorite movie, Adam. <laughs> it's, <laughs> your, it's not your favorite movie right now, is it? I thought no, it's not. Famous. It's not. Did it, did, no. it, did it get replaced? No, Good Time isn't my favorite movie. But... Oh. Well, it's a great movie. It is a great movie. Yeah. Their new one came out. You saw it, right? Yes, I did. It was great. Yeah, briefly. The Adam yeah, Sandler one. Mm-hmm. Briefly was what? Was he funny? You're, you're asking me about the movie? It was great. I, I made a quickie on it if you guys want to see. Yeah, I gave my thoughts on that. This, Have you guys seen the trailer or no? No, I don't know anything. No, about I don't it. watch trailers. Okay, no. well, why don't you um, watch my quickie and just don't look at the video if you don't want to know anything about it? Okay. Okay. That works. Yeah. Because I, I don't really spoil anything. All right, next question. Next, some moron named Tom asks a simple question: What is the worst scene in any movie? Full oh. stop. What comes to your mind? The worst. I think of a lot of like disaster movie scenes, like when she's crushed by the meteor, or mm. um, like at the very end with Indiana Jones and Kung Fu Panda and Beowulf. Yeah, I, does I, I all of the, to, to that. does all of the disaster movie count as a scene? Because <laughs> like, that's the worst scene. You can just pluck any <laughs> scene out of it, and it's the worst scene ever. Yeah. Yeah. What about in movies that aren't like that? <laughs> like movies. real movies? Um, yeah, that's a good question. There's a there's a really bad scene in Ma where they're like pretending to party and have fun, and it's the most awkward fucking thing in the world. It's like not even enjoyable. It's like just very uncomfortable. Terrible. Oh, it's so bad. That might be my worst movie of the year. Um, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> there's like, it, 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 if I'm gonna say worst scene. It's it's probably going to be mm. something that's like really offensive to me. So perhaps perhaps the Antichrist parody scene in uh, Nymphomaniac, because that just that was oh. that was offensive. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, it's hard to not. My mind just instantly goes to um, George Lucas for some reason. Nice. And a lot of like just not understanding some of the things he created and why they're good. Whether it be like the fridge scene in the fourth Indiana Jones, or Yoda jumping around with a lightsaber, or Darth Vader screaming no. There are lots of choices in those movies that are like 
what are you what are you doing this is just so emblematic of a bigger issue right now <laughs> yeah i agree with that mine from a real movie is a scene from the last airbender when ang frees the earthbenders oh there's that's a, a great pick. <laughs> there's this there's an episode of the last airbender which is a great show where they sneak onto some ship like a firebender ship and they have a bunch of earthbenders like doing coal or something like putting coal into the furnaces and they free them and so they decided to adapt the scene into the movie and but instead the the earthbenders are just like on ground just dirt and they decide not to earthbend or do anything to escape until ang comes in and gives this horrible monologue and then they all escape they just they just decide to start earthbending at that point the scene is fucking awful and what makes it even mm-hmm. worse is that it had that great episode to like kind of adapt, and yeah. it just totally failed. <laughs> when the movie has the blueprints, <laughs> and somehow it, it had the blueprints <laughs> of something great, and it somehow made like one of the worst movies ever. Yeah, and that's how sucks. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. the kid rapping from the visit is among one of the worst scenes <laughs> for me, for sure. That's a good one. <laughs> I feel like M. Night oh. movies have a lot of, like, the happening, there's a lot of really bad scenes. Oh, shit, I got a good one. The basketball scene from Catwoman. Ooh. That's notorious. <laughs> that might, yeah. that might be my pick. Catwoman. I'm going to say basketball scene from Catwoman. What about the scene where she goes to the party and shuts off the radio? Basketball scene's better. I feel like that's better. almost as bad. <laughs> basketball scene's, like, so much more confusing. Like, what the fuck are you trying to do here? Is this supposed to be hot? Like, what is this? <laughs> All these, like, weird butt <laughs> shots, the cinematography, when everything about it, like, the whole concept of the scene is just so ludicrous, and you have to wonder why it wasn't just cut from the movie. Yeah. Did that come out after Daredevil, the Ben Affleck Daredevil? Because uh, that movie has uh, a similar around the same scene. Time. We're like, like, Electro oh, yeah. Daredevil fight on the playground. That was That's pretty funny. Yeah, it reminded me of that. that. Yeah, it was really funny. I wonder which one came out. I miss those superhero out. movies. Yeah, the really bad ones that are like funny bad, not like um, not Dark Suicide Phoenix, Squad. which is boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah where it's, it's like boring, a corporate manufactured boring movie. Yeah, I want movies to take some risks and be awful. We need more Pitoff. Mm-hmm. And Uwe Boll. Yes. <laughs> that legend. Uh, dumb Marvel fanboy has one for us. What is, for you, the best movie of 1999? Just so you understand how great that year was for cinema, here, here's a list of a few of the movies to come out that year. American Beauty, Fight Club, The Matrix, Magnolia, Being John Malkovich, Toy Story 2, Iron Giant, Eyes Wide Shut, Audition, Straight Story, American Movie, The Sixth Sense, Green Mile, Boys Don't Cry, Sleepy Hollow, All About My Mother, and many more. God damn, that was a good year. Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Epic. It's my favorite one. You, you serious? <laughs> I guess Fight Club is like a close second. <laughs> oh, The Phantom Menace too, of course. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorites probably from that year would be uh, Being John Malkovich and The Matrix and uh, Audition. However, there are two from that year that I feel as though if I rewatched them at this point, because I only watched them when I was like 15 or something, if I watched them at this point, they mm. might get the spot. And those would be Eyes Wide Shut and uh, Magnolia. So I have mm-hmm. I have Magnolia high expectations a for a rewatch of those films. 
I really love Eyes Wide Shut. I thought that was really interesting, that movie. That would be up there high for me. I also really like American Beauty, obviously. Like, it's so famous and at this point. Have you watched it since the whole Kevin Spacey thing, though? I have. Oh, yeah, you said um, you did. I did a few episode. months ago. Um, it, yeah, it didn't ruin <laughs> the movie for me somehow because the the character is kind of a creep in the movie, so it almost enhanced it and, like, improved nice. the message of the how fucked, like, it is just, like, mocking that whole American dream and what is more, you know, representative of that than fucking Kevin Spacey, an actor in real life, actually just using his power to <laughs> do what he did and all that. So yeah. it didn't ruin it that much. It, it, it ruined Baby Driver more for me when I rewatched that semi-recently because he's supposed to be like, yeah, I'm I'm kind of a good guy by the end and I'm helping out the make And it's like some of the dialogue, the balls on that kid and yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> that <just> line. <laughs> really, really weird. Yeah, yeah. It didn't sit well. It's, it's just like a meta distraction. It's just like, come on, come on. <laughs> uh, straight Story, David Lynch. Hmm. That's a good one. I haven't seen it. Um, did we say Iron Giant? I would probably Iron say. Giant's on the, on that list, yeah. 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 It's okay. actually it's actually a really difficult one for me to decide. Mm-hmm. Like overall, just one. I'd have to do. I'd have to sit down and do like a like a proper proper Adam yeah. style. Like these are my top of the whole year. Kind of Toy thing. Story yeah. Two was that year too. I love Toy Story Two. Yeah, Toy Story Two is great. Yeah. Holy fuck, ninety nine. I just realized actually that it seems as though any year with nine at the end. You get a lot of good movies. 2009, 2019. Yeah. 2019? Yeah. There's a lot of good movies in 2019. Um, we'll see when how was the, the rest of the year When was the last time you guys saw The Matrix? The original. I want to do the trilogy on this podcast at some point. We have to, man. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I, I, the last time I saw it, I wasn't that into it. and that was, mm-hmm. But that was quite a few years ago now. It, it could be different now. Yeah. I um, not this week though. I'm pretty busy. Nah. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait until I have a bit <laughs> yeah, more time for the, the three we'll have to movie add that to the one. list. Yeah, but yeah, we'll definitely yeah. do that. I'm up for that. Just a whole episode on those. Yeah, and the Animatrix. Oh, yeah, I never saw is that. How long is watching? You've never is seen it? Like a few seasons? Or no, just it's one a it's a movie. It's like it's a it's kind of like a yeah, it's like an anthology thing. So in the same way, you know how like Love Death Robots is a bunch of different shorts. This is just like a uh-huh, feature yeah. length, kind of the same deal, different animation styles. Set in the universe. Yeah. But not I'm surprised you guys haven't okay. seen it. It's actually pretty great. I remember good things about no. it. I mean, not well, every I sequence love the is Matrix, great, but... or I really like The Matrix, I'll say. I loved it as a kid. Um, but the sequels, I never got into those. And then after that, I just kind of gave up on it. That's so bad. Uh, I'm a big yeah. Matrix fan. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I get it. The world is cool. I just gave up on those last two movies. They're making another so, one. So of course they are, because why wouldn't they? Chesky hype. Just let it die. <laughs> oh, whatever. Just let it die. I want to these I, horrible I, zombies. Where's my Jupiter Ascending sequel? Exactly. <laughs> That's the thing, though. Is like I love Wachowski movies, even if they're bad ones. So they're 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 like in the <laughs> same Ascending vein as and M Night for me. <laughs> I love yeah. Jupiter Ascending. It's hilarious. It's hilarious it how bad it is. Eddie yeah. Redmayne's performance is so one of the worst things good. I've ever seen. But oh, then they made so Cloud bad. Atlas right before it, or maybe was it Sense8 before that, I guess? But uh, yeah. they made Cloud Atlas re- res- like relatively recently, and that was really good. I thought that was really ambitious and It was interesting, and, yeah. And interesting, yeah. 
I liked parts of it. Wasn't a big fan of the whole thing, though. Mm. Well, there's parts that are very goofy, and I wasn't a fan of, like, everyone's in different makeup. Like, Tom Hanks is an old woman in this timeline. (laughs) It's very distracting. Or, like, this Asian woman is now a white woman. It's like, it looked... It's just... I wasn't offended by it. It just looked distracting and fake. Mm -hmm. It was... It didn't need to be there. You could have cast someone else or found a way around it. Hmm. All right. What was the question? Oh yeah, favorite movies in '99. Yeah, we just... I think we all gave our answers. <laughs> yeah, awesome powers. We talked about. It. We have an interesting one here from A Kenji B, who says the new Joker movie has received controversy with some people seeming to think that it is socially irresponsible and promoting <laughs> violence. Other films such as Taxi Driver and Do the Right Thing received similar controversies when they were released. Are there any films that you genuinely think are socially irresponsible, and if so, why? I have one if you guys want to think for a second. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it is a documentary. Does that count? I sure. guess. Really bad documentary called What the Health. Um, it's basically like vegan oh, yeah. propaganda. That was that's pretty irresponsible to just yeah. twist facts in that way and present them like they're true when they actually really aren't if you put any scrutiny behind what they're saying. Mm-hmm. All my answers would be documentaries if I made, like, I would have to go back throughout my whole life. But I've uh-huh. seen so many, like, alien documentaries, Bigfoot, fucking uh, JFK was killed by this guy and not <laughs> whatever. <laughs> like, so much bullshit like that. And I get annoyed when documentaries tr- try to present things like that in a in a realistic way without having any facts to back it up. But for, like, fictional movies, it's like, yeah, it's fiction. Like, social irresponsibility. Don't watch it then. It's fiction. I guess you could find some examples, but there's certainly cases I mean, to make, I and I would like never just say not watch it. I would never say that films should be censored because they are presenting an idea that's socially irresponsible. I would never say, mm-hmm. "Hey, you shouldn't be showing this." Like you can acknowledge whether or not it's socially irresponsible. Like what taxi yeah. driver wound up inspiring some mentally unstable guy to shoot somebody. Like it's a uh, if there's one example I could give, uh, it would be the Netflix show 13 Reasons Why, because it's yeah, aimed at yeah. at young people and it's glorifying suicide, yeah. even if they pretend it's not. It really fucking is. And there are numbers to back up that that actually had an influence <laughs> after yeah, the show. And damage control response to oh, it yeah. after that first season. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so PSA. obvious they're so paranoid yeah, that was about bad. it now. That was made for that demographic and it had very bad messages. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good example of like a really bad one. Yeah. But Taxi Driver is like an art film. Yeah. And some guy saw it who was nuts probably and misinterpreted the movie. I don't think. Yeah, you can say that about it. a lot of films. You can say yeah, that Fight that Club person who read inspired the book people too. <laughs> I don't know this story. Is something to do with Jodie Foster? This guy read a book and then murdered a senator. I don't know the fucking story, but it's some bullshit like that. There's like crazy people misinterpret art all the time and use it as an excuse to do mm-hmm. something. Like, we can't censor art or... I guess you can denounce art or criticize it. I think that's fine. That's what we do. It's great. But to actually censor it, no. Yeah. You could you could take anything and use it as justification for your crazy rampage or whatever you're going <laughs> to yeah. do. People use the Bible exactly. for that shit, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah. The Bible. They can use anything. Yeah. Some people are just fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're the only one who's seen Joker at this point, so... Yes. How do you specifically feel about this film enticing this kind of response already? And it's not even out yet at the time of recording. Well, it's. I think that. Does it make sense? Seeing the film, 
I would say that there is an argument to make that the film is socially irresponsible, but I feel like it is almost equally socially irresponsible for all of these articles to come out and sort of hype this idea up and be like, because yeah. yeah, now what? There's like an, an FBI issue. notice that they sent out talking about clown cells and to watch out for like the... Yeah. They're they're like banning costumes at at screenings of the Joker in certain cinemas, mm -hmm. and it's like okay, well now this is you're hyping it up to the point where someone at least is gonna film some dumb fucking prank video and go in with a Bluetooth speaker and some gunshot sound effects and be a fucking idiot, and nobody's gonna be happy. Mm -hmm. I'm just like I just I just hope that the movie screens and and it's fine and there are no incidents or whatever, no matter how serious or unserious they are but i i think it's i think it's a little irresponsible to to be promoting that idea even if you're being critical of the film itself because now it's just a fucking meme, right yeah yeah right so uh, i in terms of how the film treats its characters yes it is 100 percent whether intentionally or not glorifying this sort of like oh society treated me wrong well i'm gonna show them oh, really? sort of thing so like 100 percent it says that it so there is an argument to make but i would never call for censorship of the film mm. based on that mm -hmm. yeah uh, they must be extra paranoid because wasn't there literally a shooting where someone was dressed as the joker that like a few years ago actually yeah. has some misinformation because the guy who really? did that in know. aurora although he dyed his hair it had nothing to do with the joker and um, he dyed his oh, hair orange. Why this is the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, it was the popular like, movie at the time. Yeah. If the Dark Knight wasn't mm -hmm. in theaters, it would have been another movie. And when investigators or whoever found this out after the fact, they just didn't bother, you know, creating this extra news cycle to correct it because they they were like, okay, well, why would we do that? Like, it's distracting wow. from yeah, the tragedy anyway. So now everybody believes that it it's a guy that was inspired by the Joker because it was The Dark Knight Rises when there's nothing to support that. And there's quotes from the guy in prison being like, oh, yeah, everybody thinks I did that. And, well, I mean, it's kind of cool because now I'm like a celebrity. <laughs> Fuck. So, oh, man. Yeah. That's really yeah. interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Apparently sure there's misinformation about fucking either. everything. Apparently the internet yeah. sucks. <laughs> Apparently we all have a bunch of unconscious biases and believe a lot of bullshit. But... What can mm. you do? I'm just glad I saw the movie in Canada. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's my, there's I'm curious my, about uh, that movie, man. Weekly Canada yeah. dick sucking of the podcast. I'm curious to see Joker. It, it's good. By the time next podcast rolls around, we will all see it, right? Yeah. Is it out in the UK? Yeah, no? Okay. Almost. Yeah, it'll be out. Okay. It's out this Friday. As good. Okay. Cool. So. I hope I make it out of the theater, but yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Don't even Excited. joke. Okay, no, yeah. you're in Canada. You're all good. Yeah, exactly. Well, hopefully. I'll just bring. Crossed. I'll bring my gun with me so I can defend myself, America. <laughs> it fucking sucks that this is even a conversation. It fucking sucks that, that we have to talk about like the likelihood of a shooting occurring at a film because of a film. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it's mental. Have you actually, have you seen any like up security in um like cinemas now, Ralph? Anywhere? No. But they don't allow you to like wear any shit covering your face or anything, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're strict with that. You can't bring any big bags in. Um, but it's not uh -huh. like going into a prison or anything. 
it's not it's theater sort of city like affair. theater shootings are not common they're not it was that at all. time it's it's mainly they just um, stick with us emotionally and just large random just random large public places you know parks and uh whatever malls yeah. that kind of stuff mm. yeah a theater is just another place these fucking people whatever mm-hmm. always know where your exits are mm-hmm. yeah beyond that you're just the part of uh, the universe and probability <laughs> Chances are it's not going to happen. You have more of a likelihood of getting hit by a car on your way to the movie than getting shot up in the movie. Yeah. That's true. Or getting heart disease and just having a heart attack on the way to the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you could just stay yeah. in your house your whole life and you'll probably be okay. As long as you get food. But the majority of accidents occur within the home. Oh, yeah? I don't know. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> All right. So we have something here we need to decide if we even want to talk about, but we need to address it because it is just asked so often for some reason. Multiple questions asking the same goddamn question. <laughs> okay. I'll just read it, okay? You don't have to answer if you don't want to. Vince is depressed, is the angling I take it from. With the last two recommendations being two of the hottest movies of all time, has there ever been an actor or actress or scene in a movie where you had to pause the movie, whip your dick out, ah! and jerk off? P.S. Adam, your answer can't be Scar from The Good Lion King. I love that it's just called The Good Lion King. <laughs> oh, that's so and funny. Yeah, like, they have multiple questions. Now. Like This is a recurring one for some reason that I keep seeing people constantly asking. That's really funny. During a movie. <laughs> it's like, that I don't is the think... question? I've never interrupted a movie to jerk off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never been like, oh, this is too important. Have I gotten a boner during a movie? Of course. <laughs> you can get a boner for any yeah, reason. Like... <laughs> I've never stopped a movie so I can jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've never like I've, I've never stopped a movie to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a little odd. Wait till the movie's over, at least. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. But the question's like, what's a scene that we think is hot? I guess, yeah. Yeah, Apparently go for they, it. <laughs> they got you going? Who wants to answer? Oh. <laughs> uh, I, I was I was obsessed with um, uh, those awful Resident Evil movies. I love Mila, what's her name? Jovovich. Jo- Jovovich. Jovovich. Yeah. yeah, when I was like 12, that was my sexual awakening, in a sense, with that one. <laughs> Great. Alexander hmm. Daddario and True Detective. I guess that scene. Yeah. Is, it's a good scene. I can't specify any specific <laughs> scenes, really. There's not there's not one that like sticks out to, to my mind, but yeah, like, that's either how way, I feel. I was just gonna be one scene like in the portfolio. It's gonna be an awkward answer no matter what. It's gonna be from some kids' movie and some anthro character. <laughs> some fucking <laughs> big daddy lion guy. Fucking <laughs> Tai Lung's pretty hot. Kung Fu Panda. There you go. Oh, damn. That's why you prefer the first over the second, then. Oh, that probably. Probably, that's why. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, let's jump from that one, because we've answered that now, and it's yeah. never going to be picked again. <laughs> so we've had it, all right? J-H-N-P-A asks, actors slash actresses you can't stand. <laughs> I Ooh. am less likely to see a movie if it has Jesse Eisenberg in it. Although I did like The Social Network, I am less likely to see a movie mm. if he is in it. 
also not very fond of uh, Lucas Hedges. Not very fond yeah, of. I feel uh, like mentioned him before. A few different people. Marlon Wayans. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yeah. terrible comedian. Really not funny. And he's in one of my favorite movies, <laughs> which makes it even worse. Requiem for a Dream. He's good in it, I too. always forget he's in that movie. Yeah. It's, so, it's such strange casting, but yeah. yeah, it worked out that time. Yeah, it did. The Rock. <laughs> I, can't, I can't stand him, man. You mean Dwayne Johnson. I don't know if they can call... I don't know if the oh, UFC yeah, sorry. took those rights away yeah. WWE. <laughs> Dwayne! Yeah, it's probably a contractual thing, too. I'm not a yeah. Rock anymore. I'm I'm Dwayne. I'm a Dwayne. No Rock, I'm Dwayne. <laughs> Although, although he has a chance to redeem redeem himself, because when I was seeing Ad Astra, there was an ad for the the new Jumanji movie, which looks fucking terrible. Of course, but the Rock the Rock is playing Danny DeVito, which is just bizarre. <laughs> like <sighs> he, he's Danny DeVito is the Rock. Nice. Like, that's that's really how far. Like th- these movies now are literally just like Reddit. Like <laughs> ideas, just as movies. Like there's that movie that's being made with um, Brian Reynolds, of course, where he like plays an NPC in a video game that finds out he's in a video game. Mm-hmm. It's like just Reddit the movie, like all of this shit that's being made now. I'm not a big fan of Dennis Quaid. I'm not a big mm. fan of uh, Jacob Tremblay, <laughs> this child actor who's being promoted to shit who's not going to have a career as soon as he stops being a cute kid and it's just it pisses me off that you're just setting him up for failure he was in uh room he was the kid in room he was in the the predator um ah yeah i know the one he's in doctor sleep apparently he's uh yeah he's in a bunch of shit oh yeah but sorry Mm. if you're listening jacob Oh, the Book of Henry was he in that. I don't know. Maybe. Oh yeah, yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good movie. <laughs> Excellent movie. Classic. Oh dearie me. Actors I don't like seeing. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good female one. I've said only male. Bella Thorne is a actress I can't stand. She's really, really bad, and she's in like a lot of Lifetime movies, which is where she belongs, given her talent. Kristen um, Stewart, like Midnight Sun. Kristen Stewart's a bad one. Yeah. yeah. Jennifer Lawrence, kind of. Oh yeah. I think she's good though. I just think. Yeah, I think she's talented. Depending on the role. role. <laughs> yeah. Depending yeah. on the role. Um, a lot of people think that uh, Kristen Stewart has had the same kind of redemptive arc as uh, Robert Pattinson, Edward. but. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Which I don't hilarious. think so. Because Robert Pattinson, they I've seen tried. the movies that that he's done, and he's done a great job in them. And Kristen Stewart won like the French equivalent to an Academy Award for one of her performances. And I saw the movie. It was Clouds of Sils Maria, and she was bad. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. And I don't get. And everybody's like, "No, she's a great actor now." And I'm just. She's still mumbling every single fucking word. There's no emotion. I hadn't even seen Twilight, and all I knew about it was people saying, like, oh, she just mumbles the entire time and doesn't ex- express emotion. And I didn't even see those movies. I watched Cloud of Sils Maria, and I'm like, oh, this is what was happening in Twilight? Or was it worse? Because now people are saying she's good. Was it worse in Twilight? And maybe people were so desensitized to it that all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah, she can act now. I don't get it. 
I don't get mm-hmm. it. In no way have they had the same redemption arc. Like in my Robert Pattinson's yeah. in, fe- in like theatrically released movies, like Lighthouse and Good Time, like these huge films. I haven't even seen anything she's been in in like five years. They usually go straight to VOD, at least in America. Because you're I don't not know in if France. She does, like, French movies now. Yeah, she does just French movies now. Um, she wasn't speaking French. It was like a French director. I don't remember. Yeah, it was a French director. It was yeah. like Personal Shopper. She was into and some other thing with like Chloe Svenja. If that's how you say her fucking name, I can't pronounce it. Yeah, name. but <laughs> it's like I, I never fucking hear these movies. Yeah, the uh, what's her face from the happening? What's her name? Oh, Zoe Deschanel. Uh, Zoe, Zoe Deschanel. Deschanel. Yeah, yeah, she's really bad. She can be annoying. She was the manic pixie dream girl of that sort of. Yeah, page. the the big eyes, the constant. Yeah. Wow, you, exp- you're my girlfriend. This is the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, depends. There's a lot of actors I don't really care for, yeah. but Jai Courtney, <laughs> uh, Mark Wahlberg for me. Yeah, really? not a fan. Yeah, well, I, I can't. He's not I can't actor, not see but... Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Depends. I, on I wouldn't the movie. say he's unlikable he's or Mark hard Wahlberg. to watch. Did you like... enjoy The Departed? I love him in The Happening. He's good. In I the did Departed. enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but he wasn't like a standout or anything. Yeah. He was just happened to be in it. He can either be <laughs> terrible or acceptable. He's nominated yeah, for two Oscars. Jesus Christ. The Departed That's and crazy. The Fighter. Oh yeah, The Fighter. I forgot about that. How about Bruce Willis? Nowadays, maybe not no. back in the day, he was one of the best, but now he's really phoning it in. Yeah, if he's yeah, in a movie at this point, I expect sign. it to be bad. It's just, yeah, it's like a total joke. I saw another that one is, with him recently. Yeah. There's like a, a scene where he's like a younger Bruce Willis, and they CGI'd his beard to be brown. Like mm. you can see, they just like painted over <laughs> it. It's awful. It's from the same director as Reprisal. Um, I forgot the name of the book. The Prince. That's it. Oh. If anyone wants to watch that. You know, because you love Bruce Willis movies. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, <laughs> is is Gemini Man coming out October 11th for you, Alex? Because I'm fucking hyped for Gemini oh, Man. I forgot about Will this. Smith. See, I was kind of hyped because it looked kind of funny, but the last trailer I saw was like, oh, this might just be really boring. Dude, it's got a 33 really Metascore. It's the perfect sweet spot for, like, a funny movie. <laughs> <laughs> it better be. Freaking better be. Yeah, it's out Thursday, 10th of October, I believe. Yeah. Nice. So we can see that by next podcast, too. I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll try Great. to catch it. <laughs> Excellent. I'm fucking hyped. I'll see it if you guys see it. <laughs> yeah, boy. Let's do one more. Let's, let's end it with this one from Pi Lotto City Bro, who says, What are your takes on the Ardman movies? Obviously, they're more beloved over here in England. Probably one of the only things that actually makes me like this country. That was the question saying it not me but i'm interested to see <laughs> yeah. what the non non-english sards <laughs> is that what we call them <laughs> think of them if they translate that well for people who live in those territories god this comment is written so bizarrely <laughs> parentheses after parentheses and we're just and just so we're clear we're talking pre-flushed away post pirates ardman your chicken runs your wallace and gromitzes your sean the sheeps that's ardman at its most authentic word God damn, reading that was hard. Wow. <laughs> we can't we can't mention Flushed Away or Sards. any of those? <laughs> well, Flushed Away sucks, so we don't need to mention it. Like, it but like, really, um, it's not really Arthur representative Christmas is an Ardman film, which is like CGI oh, yeah. animated. Oh, it's not their traditional that. lot. But And I would say that's a great Christmas movie. Yeah, that one's actually great for good. kids. I think okay. it's got really good jokes I'll in it. it. It's out, really maybe. original and funny. Yeah. But it ain't got nothing on the stop motion. 
They got no. nothing. That's their classic. Sean the Sheep is really funny. Uh, my favorite song Gromit is, is Wallace and Gromit's. Yeah. They translate really so well, clever. I think, to America because they're just so clever and funny. And like people just love the designs and the animations of all of them. So uh, charming. The the one with the penguin who's disguised as a chicken because he has a glove on the his head. The wrong trousers. The wrong trousers. Yeah, that, that one's that fucking was... excellent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the animation is so creative and funny in that. Like the whole chase at the end when Gromit is like laying down the train tracks as <laughs> like yeah, they're, they're running out so and he's laying them down as the train the is going. Scenes are it's amazing. so funny. Yeah. I uh I'm not big into him. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I remember liking Chicken Run when I was younger. Um if Wallace and Gromit was like on then i might watch it but i never like seeked them out or anything i never really is it a bit too pip pip cheerio for you <laughs> maybe Come on, Gromit. that might be it <laughs> i don't know do you like Dale? <laughs> do you like sean the sheep more do you like the silent humor uh, not as british i, I <laughs> didn't watch the whole sean the sheep i think i watched the first 10 minutes and was like this is not for me and shut it off okay so, sorry everybody it's definitely a kid film. It's very kiddy. Sean sure, the Sheep is, yeah. Yeah, I would not recommend it's... it for like teenagers. <laughs> I'd be willing to revisit <laughs> Chicken Run because that would be like a bit nostalgic for me for sure. I remember watching it a few yeah. times when I was younger. Um, Chicken Run is really great. Wallace and Gromit movie. Who has seen that one? It's really because that's yeah, a I DreamWorks like one. one. Too. Mm-hmm. It's, really it's not good. as good as the shorts. I also don't like the. They made another short too. Um, a matter of, matter of and death. loaf and death. Yeah. yeah, which is good, but it's not as good as those original. It's not as good three. as the original three, but yeah, yeah, it's got some great moments in it. Mm-hmm. They're somewhat. And then charming. there's like the pirates movie. There's like early man. I didn't see any of those, but those don't really translate as well here. Yeah, I'm yeah. Okay, be to see those ones. They're not yeah. really for me. I don't know. Uh-huh. I've never really loved them so. They're short too. The Ardman, their first short that yeah, kind of the put them on the ones. map. Yeah, with uh, it's like people talking about animals, right? But the animated, the oh, creature comforts, like, yeah, creature comforts, yeah. That one's really funny. Yeah, I love Ardman. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's the stereotype, I guess. Yep. You fucking Brit bong. <laughs> Eat some Wednesday day, day, Aladdin. <laughs> I think all that British stuff is so funny. That's why I like Wallace and Gromit the most, because it has the silent humor, which comes from Gromit mostly, but yeah. it also has Wallace, who's like the, you know, the speaking role. He tells all the, <laughs> the gags it's so like northern. that. It's really yeah. funny. Yeah, and he's clueless. Um, so I think it's my turn to recommend a movie. Yes. Right? That's right, yes. Yeah. So since Joker's coming out and King of Comedy comparisons are being flung around, I figured King of Comedy is a good awesome. Hell yes. decision. I wanted to That's watch a really it. So good let's idea. watch King of Comedy Hell by Martin yeah. Scorsese. Second Scorsese film, but he's worth it. <laughs> so Because he's worth it. Awesome. King mm-hmm. of Comedy. Is that the second Scorsese film or the third that we talked about now? I think second. Is it just the one? Yeah, we've only done yeah, we've only After did, Hours. Uh, right? After Hours, yeah. yeah. We've mentioned like other. We've mentioned silence just before, but mm-hmm. yeah, in terms of like in-depth discussion. Okay, great. Um, awesome, great yeah. pick. I'm excited for this actually. Uh, if you do not want to be spoiled for King of Comedy, directed by Martin Scorsese, then watch it before the next episode. If you want to support the show, two dollars a month. Sardonicast.com. Sign up for premium. You'll get these episodes early as they're edited. Also, Patreon.com. Slash Sardonicast. Also, we have merch. Link in the description. Thank you all for joining. Um, hope you don't uh, get.
get forced to eat poop. Get shot. Or get shot. <laughs> or any of the other morbid yeah, things we talked about <laughs> this entire episode. <laughs> Good discussion. What though. a Pretty fun show. One. Yeah, Yeah, really dark one. Well, that's why I wanted to liven movie. it up. Next episode, we got King of Comedy. So Hopeless space funny. movie, then hopeless fascist movie. <laughs> Torture. Great. <laughs> Everyone's going to be got, got a big smile on their face like the yeah. fucking Joker at home through this one. But the poster says it's no laughing matter. So. I think that's supposed to be, like, ironic. Oh. That's clever. I wouldn't know. That's mm. genius. All Very right. good, Todd Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you all for listening. Bye-bye. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.